This is a Dice of Brussels. In this episode, I'm talking with Patrick Bysmans of the University of Maastricht in the Netherlands about uh, some Dutch perspectives on the referendum. Patrick is a specialist on Euroscepticism and uh, particularly on the media. We were talking at the Oasis General Conference in Bilbao, Spain on the 8th of September 2015. For some comments, you can listen to my reflections in episode 50. So we're just talking about uh, the referendum. Netherlands had a referendum uh, 10 years ago already now about the constitutional treaty. What was what did you take from that experience? It's a country that doesn't uh, have many referenda, doesn't, it's only about European issues, a bit like the UK. Thoughts, reflections? Uh... One of the things that I think a lot of people took away from it is that uh, everyone underestimated the whole referendum, how it worked, but also just the whole dynamics behind it. Especially the pro part is treated as just another uh, election, but it doesn't work like an election. It's completely different, things go differently, and the, the con parties actually very early on started to campaign, and by starting very early with their campaign, they were actually able to set the agenda from day one onwards. And then there were politicians talking about if we don't vote yes, then we'll have all kinds of problems here and there and this and that and that. So there was also a lot of scaremongering going on by the, by the pro-parties and that in the end just had a hugely negative effect because every time they said something, it was just not taken for granted anymore. And the, the, the best contribution, pro-contribution to debate actually came not from a Dutch politician but from Joska Fischer who was in a Dutch TV programme and was the only one really to explain why it made sense for yes for this uh, treaty. Okay. And that raises a couple of interesting questions. How much was the debate about the content of the, the constitutional yeah. treaty and how much was it about other things because you know one of the things we find yeah. often with referenda is that yeah. they actually are about national politics yeah. or personality politics yeah. Yeah. yeah so part of it was about the uh, eastern enlargement which of course had already happened and the whole idea but it was also very much about the idea of enlargement and that people feel a little bit sort of tricked into it uh, so that played a role but also national politics absolutely uh, Wilders had just very recently a year or two before uh, stepped out of the, the Liberal Party so he was, he was gaining momentum and he really turned it into a, a whole debate also on national politics and sovereignty and, and all kinds of things came into play there Islam and uh, migrants and everything Just, uh, but also Europe also very much Europe especially in the last couple of weeks and this was also because there were a few parties which were very critical on Europe. So, for instance, the, the socialists, they really played also the, this, this European tune. So it was not just uh, national politics, but it was a mixture of things. Uh, uh, but it was sometimes very difficult to, to, to see whether this was about Europe or not, because those things also got really tangled up. Sure. Yeah. I suppose another thing that's interesting is, you know, how much... How much of a lasting effect did that referendum have? So one of the consequences was that the, the constitutional treaty uh, died in the form that it was presented to the Dutch and to the French, but then it was revived a few years later as the Lisbon Treaty. Uh, how has that played out? Um, I think for the... Yeah, a lot of people are obviously critical because they say, well, you basically let us... You don't let us vote on what is pretty much the same treaty. 
without the flag and without the anthem, but pretty much the same thing. But I think the effect was not so much in terms of actual treaty-based stuff, but rather in terms of the way in which Dutch politics, but also media, have been dealing with Europe ever since, because we really have the feeling that, even before that, there was critical attitude towards, but you really have the feeling now that, that this criticism has gone completely just one step further than it ever has been and uh, you also see that coming back in, in election campaigns which since then have been very much about pro-EU contra-EU so it has had a very big effect on, on the overall are we in favour of or against the EU uh, the whole treaty in the end I think, don't think made huge difference I think people forgot about it the thing that is happening is that uh, there are and have been a couple of attempts to have new referendums and new things so for instance there's now a a petition for a referendum on the EU uh, deal with Ukraine. Uh, so, so that's also interesting to see what's, happen- what's going to happen there, and apparently they already have quite a lot of signatures. So it might happen that we may have another referendum uh, in the next year or so. Okay. Looking at the UK, uh, you spent some time in the UK uh, earlier this year. Uh, what's your impression of the, the renegotiation, the referendum? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit difficult. I think a lot of people put high hopes on on this this referendum as sort of being being the outcome of the whole debate. It's not going to be the outcome. Whether you vote yes or no, whether you if if you vote to stay in, the question will still uh, maintain. And if you vote to stay out uh, in a few years from now, people will say, well, perhaps we should renegotiate certain things so that we are partly in again because you also miss out on certain stuff. I think it's very difficult for people, even for us, to see what will really happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of lawyers also don't know necessarily what happens. What would happen if the UK says no, Scotland decides to leave the UK, wants to join the EU, are they automatically in? What needs to happen there? I think a lot of people have no clue what's exactly going to happen. And, but I think in the end, I think the big difference with the Dutch referendum and the English one or the UK one will be the Dutch referendum was in the end just about a treaty. You can vote no to the treaty, doesn't mean the end of the EU. But this is really about staying in or leaving. And I think that that whole idea might have an effect and might in the end make some people vote in favour of staying in the end. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you think this renegotiation will produce much? No. No. Why not? So it's like... Uh, <laughs> The other member states don't really want to renegotiate. Uh, what what you know, the things he wants, uh, the Cameron wants to negotiate about are probably also related to migration rules and the UK is not in Schengen anyway. So you know that's a very strange dynamic. And, and beyond, the, I think if they, if they come up with an agreement, will probably be on very detailed, nitty gritty, technical stuff, which for the average person on the street won't make a difference. Um, so. So what do you think people are going to make a decision on? Is it going to be on their current sort of attitude, disposition towards the EU? Or you know, uh, is, the, is the campaign going to change in it? I think in, in the end the campaign will not be on whether or not there will be a new agreement between the EU. I think it will really come down to either we leave now or we stay in. Uh, I think whether or not that's with a revised treaty or with, a, with an extra uh, document or whatever, I think in the end it will basically come down to the, the, the question in or out and nothing around it. Doesn't be, I don't think it really will make a difference whether or not there will be this beautiful uh, new uh, new agreement. 
the only difference will be is that that government has said at least that he will uh, campaign in favour. Although I've been reading on the on BBC earlier today that they can't actually campaign a lot, so I think that will make a lot of difference anyways.